I saw the style of uh, iOS uh, 7. I was I was pretty terrified, to be honest with you. And uh, I, I thought, okay, now like, what are we going to do? Are we going to just fire uh, those people, you know, people who were producing those hyper-realistic icons? And, you know, nobody would, would need them anymore because, you know, Apple just ditched them all together at once. Today's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours with Wix. And we'll be talking more about Wix later on in this episode. Yeah, so welcome to Overtime, Anton Zykin and Dimitri Sosik. Hello, hello. Hi, Dan. Hi. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you both on for a variety of reasons. You know, I have so many questions about, especially from the early days of Dribble, where you both were part of Soft Facade, right? That was that was the account on Dribble, and your your first, or maybe not your first, but it was your um, an early uh, agency of yours. Is that is that right? Yeah, that is uh, correct. I have so many fond memories of that. Well, uh, a lot of mem- good memories of the early days of Dribble, and especially the the accounts off the side. And, and admittedly, it was a little it was a little um, mysterious to me in a way because you know when, whenever something was posted to that account, I'd get really excited and then just be kind of amazed by what, what we were uploading. <laughs> and uh, and we had some th- we had theories in the in the office like well it's, how do they do this how is it so realistic and we were like well they must have a there must be like a team of a thousand pixel pushers over there that are just constantly creating <laughs> you know creating these pixel perfect skeuomorphic things and um but I I wonder if you could bust that theory and and tell us who fa- soft facade was and how it came to be and on those early days sure sure uh so uh, originally i started sofasat uh, back in 2004 so uh, at the time it was a, a one man show so i was i believe in high school still and i just you know started freelancing and you know wanted to pick a name for a company because i didn't want to position myself as just you know as a as a person so i i picked a name and uh, started doing some uh, work and i was uh, around 2004 to 2005 i i believe and then <clears throat> the actual company uh started around uh, 2007 or eight even and you know i just uh, started hiring people and uh Dimitri was actually the the number two employee of Sofasat, and it's an interesting story how we met because you know I was looking for freelancers who could produce you know hyper realistic icons, and I came across Dimitri's work uh, on one of the. Uh, freelance website uh, websites, I, I believe, and you know just emailed him, and he was. You know, I was based in Saint Petersburg, Russia. He was, a, you know, somewhere uh, in Siberia. So, you know, we we met over email, and I actually hired him for a first job, which was uh, actually an icon set for a Smashing Magazine. So it was ar- around Christmas time, and you know the 
the set that we decided to do was, you know, based on kind of the the Christmas, you know, Christmas fun and all the, you know, Christmas uh, Christmas uh, related things. So, wow. um, yeah, and Mitri uh, <clears throat> uh, finished that project. And, you know, after that, I, I said, OK, so why don't you join Sofasad and, you know, move to St. Petersburg. So that's, that's how, uh, you know, we met and that's how the kind of the, the core uh, company uh, was started in the beginning. So wow. Dmitry, maybe you can, you know, give an insight uh, on your end, like how, how it looked and like what your thoughts were. Yeah, I, I actually have a little bit different version of that story. So initially, even before like emailing each other and uh, discussing the project, Anton been uploading his own icons, like in some Russian like network for designers, I don't remember. And uh, I kind of just started arguing with him about the style in, in comments, in commenting section. I, I was saying like, no, this is like, this is not exactly like the Apple style. You should do it this way or that way. And we were kind of going back and forth. And only after that, I think uh, it was like uh, the first email and we were discussing this, this um, Christmas set of icons. Yeah. Ah, the first Smashy magazine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's, so that's wild. Like Anton's in St. Petersburg, Mitri's in Siberia, which is the other yeah. side of the, the country, right? And uh, and then you you both joined up, started Soft Facade. Now, of the things that you were sharing on Dribble in those early days, this is back in I guess it's 2010, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that just the two of you at that point then, or no? Actually, the uh, it's interesting because uh, we had uh, two teams. You know, one team uh, worked. Uh, exclusively on like enterprise products and you know they were doing some crazy ux design uh, back in those days where people didn't i mean didn't know what ux was right, so right. we had like that team completely dedicated to those uh, enterprise projects and you know that was i i believe around like 85 percent of all of our uh, revenue at the time and then uh, another uh, team uh, around maybe five to seven designers I think it was five. Uh, that team was fully uh, dedicated to the dribble stuff. So we were just producing those icons, like, and trying to, like, I mean, there were a few things that we wanted to achieve. Like, we wanted to achieve like a level of uh, quality that uh, Apple would do. And we had uh, a few designers that uh, we admired uh, at the time, and you know, we wanted to do, you know, better than those guys. So. Uh, at some point, uh, you know, we joined Dribble, and uh, for me, it was, you know, somewhat uh, an exclusive community, and I didn't even think about that, you know, somebody, you know, someday would invite me to join Dribble. So mm -hmm. I took that opportunity, and we just started to post different things, and all of the projects that we were uh showing to the ribbon community were actually uh, real projects because like these days people would just you know put out a lot of you know concepts and like not real stuff but like everything that we uh, showed in ribbon they you know were real projects you know by real clients and you know we were I mean, essentially we were getting paid for that work yeah that and that's that's interesting and and that's exactly what i thought at the time i i you know i knew that these were real real projects and you know real apps that you were working on and, and uh and that was that was what was so impressive about it too i mean the level of detail on this on these things is just incredible um 
So you said there was a team of, of folks. I mean, was I off with my 1,000 people uh, guess at how many people it takes <laughs> to create one of those, one of those icons? Or um, I, I assume it was a much smaller group than that. But Yeah, I think it started with about like three people working on, on the icons, illustrations. Wow. That's in, the very, in the very, very beginning, I think um, that was one specific project uh, just just in the moment when the uh, you know the the app store thing happened uh, sometimes after, sometime after that i kind of i noticed the moment when um, apple made people realize that if you have uh, like two apps with similar functionality but one of them has a like prettier icon or like better better looking uh, interface you can sell more of that and uh, i do remember uh, clients st- uh, started like asking for for that level of uh, iconography design and uh, i specifically remember one very i guess it was my very first ios uh, icon um, in software sat and it was some kind of a a remote control app like a tv remote app and i do remember uh, the first version i created was uh, that was in kind of in my old style and uh, uh, and then actually disliked that and we had like a discussion (laughs) about that Uh, but uh, through that through that process we kind of came up with this uh, uh, with this kind of approach, which eventually became an obsession, I, I think, and uh, insane standards uh, to <laughs> like how to approach uh, uh, an app icon, so we don't have to, you know, yeah, we don't have to explain anything. You just look at it and you see, like, okay, everything's done the way it should be done. Right, right. That, at that time, you're right. I mean, like, that was Apple kind of, that was a style of of, icon, of app icons, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, before, before iOS yeah. 7, I, yeah, before right. that. Right, iOS 7 kind of flattened things out. And, yep. Um, so tell, tell us about that kind of transition. Was that, for for a group that was at the top of their game for skeuomorphic, to uh, design you know was that did, did you welcome that change or was it like oh no we're uh, everyone's no one wants skeuomorphic stuff anymore was that tough for for the business yeah i think it was uh, pretty tough and at first when uh, i saw the style of uh, ios uh, 7 i was i was pretty terrified to be honest with you and uh, I, I thought okay now like what we're we gonna do are we going to just fire uh, those people, you know, people who were producing those hyper-realistic icons and, mm-hmm. you know, nobody would, would need them anymore because, you know, Apple just ditched them all together at once. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was little anxiety around uh, that time. And um, eventually what happened is uh, we, we had to fire some of those uh, designers who couldn't... Uh, embrace uh, the change and you know instead of producing icons like move to like the interface design or just uh, you know create something along the lines on of uh, of what apple was doing right. so we had to yeah we had to downsize uh, in terms of uh, the uh, visual design team i mean the uh, icon design team and instead we we took kind of um, a path of uh, becoming of like becoming like more like a, a full service agency where the main focus was going to be on uh, user experience design and on 
kind of a complete design of a digital product. Right, right, of course. Well, and that was, you've played that perfectly, right? Because now you're, you have, now here, here we are years later and you're, you have a very successful agency that, that we're going to get into a little bit later. It must have been a, a kind of a punch to the stomach a little bit, the, the change in style. And it's interesting how Apple, they kind of, they were leading the charge there, right? It was, up, they could redesign things however they wanted to. And then, you know, a lot of businesses were built on, on apps and the app ecosystem. And then it was up to everyone else to kind of follow along. So I imagine that was difficult. In terms of today, you know, in 2018, I feel like, and I might be wrong here, but I feel like the skeuomorphic stuff may be coming back in a way or not, not everything has to be completely flat, in other words. And I don't know if that's Apple loosening up or just tastes changing, or I wonder what you guys think about that. Well, um, speaking of the like drastic change in this style, actually for me, I wasn't so much in the like, business side of soft facade. I was more like designer and thinking like creatively. So for me, it was very exciting, exciting moment because at that, at that time we basically went through like super detailed illustration style then to like technical illustration style that which was different and then to like f fully 3d uh, illustrations and then right. that that was it like what what's next like this <laughs> right maybe you've, you've done everything you can <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah at some point i do recall yeah. on some apple event they were talking about how to kind of design like better icons for your apps and they were showing our work where we have like a patch and uh, every every kind of fiber on that page has had a little fibers on top of it just to recreate little uh, details of how the light passes through uh, the, oh, wow. the, the fibers. And uh, it was an example, like, and the guy was saying, like, um, I'm, I'm working with this thing, like, for many years, but I don't understand, like, why they're doing this and how they're doing this. So it was kind of the end of this style for, for, wow. for me personally. Oh, so they, they were showing it in a way uh, how not to do it or, or no no they actually liked like it was uh wwdc and yeah. uh, one of the workshops and, and and the guy was just uh i believe he was showing different like uh, the different examples of uh, app icons and uh, he kind of highlighted the uh, the work that we did for one of the apps uh, and you know that icon is on dribble by the way and we can you know link it in, in the in the post later on he, he was just like uh speaking about the you know he didn't uh, uh, understand how to create a, an icon like that, like, like that. So he was amazed by the level ah, of detail. I yeah. And I think he like regretted a little bit that the uh, Apple doesn't do that anymore. I see. I see. <laughs> oh, right, right. That, uh, that was the, the highlight on, on WWDC. And like, we were like, wow, it's, it's, it's incredible to see a work in like at such an event. Oh, that must've been great. That must've been amazing. Yeah. But then how, how do you improve on that, right? It's just... Yeah, right. you, already, <laughs> so they, yeah, you all have, had, had done so much with that, with that constraint. That's, that is one thing I miss about that time in that you had this very... And dribble, <laughs> dribble in itself is sort of... Or was like that in terms of the constraint of the shot. But like you have the app icon shape and then you have to get creative within that. And I always loved... You know, and Sofasai was a perfect example of like pushing the envelope on how you can take that shape and kind of bend things realistically into that shape, you know, because that's the constraint. And did you guys like to do it like that constraint or were you happy to sort of 
move on to UI work and, and, and that kind of thing. I personally like that constraint. Yeah, it was always it was always a game where basically you have a, you have your goal and you just you know finding out the way how to get to the goal. That's it. Yeah, and uh, to me, like to me, Dribble was uh, like uh, Instagram for designers, and you know by posting those uh, you know amazing uh, works of art i would say you know we actually uh, uh, we were able to attract uh, a lot of clients you know this way and you know we landed clients like you know uber so we worked with them when they were just i believe like around 10 people and you know like uh, I think Ryan Graves wow. from Uber reached out to me and said, "Oh, we're a small startup in San Francisco, and you know, wanted to redesign <laughs> our icons, etc. You know, on the website." And they, oh, why, yeah, why not? And uh, then we uh, landed clients like Path, uh, Sandgrid. You know, designed everything for them. So it was also like in terms of uh, business, it was uh, kind of. Uh, life-changing for us and uh, i believe that was because of the exposure that we got from uh, just posting our work and dribble wow you guys can confirm we're not paying you to say that <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing though uh and, and but you know rightfully so i think that the platform is there but the the work that you're sharing is just is just off the charts so I, it's like I'm not surprised that all these companies came to you and said, look, we, we want you to do this because it's just incredible. Yeah, it really is. So soft facade, just to, to move along on the story a little bit. So you're getting clients through soft facade. The iOS 7 comes out, changes kind of everything in the, the app world. Um, and you did successfully move, sort of pivot to a full service agency, right? Yeah, um, and uh, in fact, it, it, it was happening even before the end of the uh, skeuomorphic era. And in fact, you know, as I as I said previously, we had a team already of people who were like who worked on you know enterprise projects and like very complex projects, uh, like uh, and the. And the type of work that we did was essentially completely redesigning a legacy uh, enterprise uh, piece of software or something like that. So we had the, the skills already and we just uh, wanted to repurpose what we knew about design and you know apply it in a new way. So we kind of like combined both teams. Like before we had two teams, one was like icon focused, another was uh, UX uh, focused. So now it was one team of designers just you know working on complete projects you know and oftentimes you know it includes everything from you know strategy and ux all the way to you know beautiful illustrations and icons so we still uh, had the need for uh, that kind of work it wasn't just like a standalone icon project so it like I think we matured a little bit and that kind of change that Apple introduced the new style, it helped us in, in a way that, you know, we moved our business from, you know, being a just being just essentially in an illustration design agency to like a more mature company, I would say. Yeah. Oh, that's super. Before we move on, because I have questions about about uh your move to the U.S., for instance, next. But I, before we get there, was there was there an icon before iOS seven? <laughs> was there a specific icon that was your favorite or most difficult, the most difficult to to design, or most memorable one that you have? Or I'm thinking of uh, um, Las Vegas, perhaps. 
<laughs> that was uh, the most uh, expensive icon that uh, we were able to sell <laughs> but uh, i'm not sure if it was the favorite one uh, dmitry correct me if i'm wrong which one is your favorite um i cannot i cannot pick one because for me it's always the kind of learning new things and uh, for me each project it's not just the result but what i learned and i have different kind of attachments to different projects that i cannot explain yeah speaking of the uh, the las vegas icon it was an interesting story because the company who uh, uh hired us for that project it was like they were based somewhere in europe and they i think they created like an online casino and they wanted to have like a few illustrations and one of them was that kind of a miniature uh, version of uh, las vegas so we started with uh you know just like a and the naval power and i think uh there were like a few uh, casinos and the uh, egypt uh, egyptian pyramids all that stuff and then they were like adding more and more of that and uh the project was just we worked by the hour so the hours kept uh piling up and i think the final bill of the icon was around like 55k or something like that so that was pretty insane for just like a one piece of uh, illustration and in, in fact like most of most of the projects that we most of the projects that we did in, in, at that time were i mean very profitable i would say especially for a company for a small company based out of uh, you know russia Wow. I, I, oh, okay, that's insane. 55,000 for an icon. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stuck on that. Yep. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, Sp speaking of like super expensive illustrations, I also remember another project where we were creating an illustration of, of a car or a vehicle, and um, it ended up costing more than the vehicle itself. <laughs> that's uh yeah that's not unusual <laughs> that's great i love it i love it and uh, you know in some ways i'm not surprised i mean the, the amount of time and energy that has to go into something that detailed right i i you know it sort of makes sense in a way i think i was gonna say what's my favorite uh icon of yours from the early days and uh, that's a tough one i think i'm with dimitri with the, they each have their own kind of uh Again, unique way, of, unique way of of taking advantage of that shape and that space. And I I always appreciated like designers that took that in very creative way. You know, like like the for instance, the coach's eye app icon was one of those for me, where it's like it's the icon shape, but it's it's a hat with an with a camera. In it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so fun. You know, because it has to be that shape for the app. And then you can, within that, you know, kind of bend reality in terms of what it is. I, I just I just love it. It's awesome. But it's also like everything else in, in design. You know, design is uh, working, uh, you know, within some limitations. And, you know, having having a restriction is, is actually good. So you, like, you, like, you can still do something and, you know, being creative about how you do it so i think that yes. was interesting for us in terms of like creating those you know app icons for for the iphone specifically because we also did a lot of you know very detailed illustrations which i wouldn't call icons 
Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I think I'm the same way whenever I'm creating something. I, the more constraints, the better, really, in terms of making it easier to, to, to get creative within it. So I, I, that makes sense. This week's episode is brought to you by Wix.com. With Wix, the web is your playground. Start with a blank slate and design your website in any layout you want. Work with advanced features like retina-ready image galleries, custom font sets, and sophisticated design effects. Each feature is intuitive to use, so you're in control from design to live. With Wix, you'll have real creative freedom to tell your story online, exactly the way you've envisioned it. Push the limits of design and start creating beautiful, impactful websites that are uniquely yours. Go to Wix.com slash dribble to get started today. That's W-I-X dot com slash dribble. Wix, what will you create? So now you're you're in uh, Russia in, in until a certain point, and you actually move move the agency to New York. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that was correct. So uh, for me, I always wanted to be in California because you know from my childhood memories, you know, watching Terminator Two and all those movies, you know, <laughs> I was just, I you know I someday I I, I, you know, I would move I I move to California, but at some point we just decided that in New York was the best for us, primarily because you know we had still most of our team members back in Russia, and the time difference, you know was the you know the main reason for us we picked new york but then you know working in new york like for i I believe we moved around beginning of 2013 so and we we were in new york for like a little more than two years and it's you know it's great you know i i I still think it's it's uh, the best uh, city in the world you know i love the energy everything else and you know the weather could be better but you know we'll (laughs) we'll skip that part um but you know for us it was a good starting point because like people um say you know if you can make it in new york like you can make it anywhere so we learned how to do business we improved our our service a lot because for us you know coming from coming from russia you know a a country with a you know completely different mentality and uh, like an ex-communist country where we didn't have the uh, the notion of uh, good service so for us that was uh, new so we had to learn from scratch on how to serve clients more so than you know doing great designs you need to be able to present it well you need to be able to communicate and all that stuff so really took that took those two years on you know it was a learning experience for us and i think you know we accomplished a lot we 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 had many great clients but what we gained from that period is i i believe is more like the the experience of uh, servicing people and uh, being in New York for us, it wasn't the the best experience because, um, in terms of uh, the kinds of clients you get in New York, it's very fragmented. So you could, you know, you could get people who are, you know, ex uh, Wall Street guys and you know, decided to d- design an app or just create a, a product, and they, you know, have no idea on how to do it, or it could be like a large enterprise. Which is good because you know obviously they can they can bring in a lot of uh, revenue. So that's how we started working with uh, ADP, for example, and uh, worked with them for three years or so. 
So all, all that was good, but uh, we really wanted to be in the epicenter of everything. And for us, it was uh, California and, and San Francisco specifically. So we decided to take a leap of faith and just, you know, move the agency uh, from New York to San Francisco around uh, September uh, 2015. And nobody knew us in, in SF. And uh, we again started from zero. It's like you know, in 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 like in in GTA game, in the GTA game, when your you know your house you know burns and you essentially move to a, a new location and start from scratch. You know, for us that you know that was the case a couple of times. You know, first when we moved from Russia to New York, and then moving from New York to San Francisco. <laughs> you start over, and was that at that point when you moved to San Francisco? Is that when you sort of re? rebranded yourself to clay yeah it's an interesting story as well because like uh, soft facade when i first came up with the name i i didn't know that it had a lot of you know not very positive positive uh, connotations in in english because uh, my english was pretty bad at the time and uh, then we kind of tried to rebrand, and uh, the first effort uh, was we just contracted the name to four letters, SFCD. And right, right. we liked that because, you know, we were able to get the domain name, but clients couldn't really pronounce that. And uh, they were saying, like, SFDC or something something different because it's Salesforce, SFDC, and it's, it could be something else. And that was especially true when uh, we moved to San Francisco because here you, you have all the different things like SFPD, SFFD. There is SFDC, which is like San Francisco um, Design Center. It's like a furniture store. And things like SFCD, which was the San Francisco uh, Conservatory of Dance, so like a, like a dance school essentially. So we 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 thought you know that maybe we'll we'll pick a different name, and uh, we'll just uh, we would just try the ideas around, and you know trying to find a, a good one and something that we could also easily pronounce as not native English speakers. And came across uh, Clay, which was uh, actually inspired by the <laughs> Clay Street. It's close to our office here, and we usually, uh, you know, walk to lunch. And it's it's it just kind of stuck in my head. And I um, asked Dmitri, like, what do you think about you know this one? And he, I, I don't remember what he said, but uh, you know, we just ended up taking uh, that name, and um, it worked very well for us so after the name change we had a lot of positive uh, a lot of positive things uh, happened to our company and i mean my personal belief is uh we were able to uh, increase uh, our revenue drastically just because of the name change because it kind of stocks in your head it it you know it's it's interesting like clay you can like you can mold it you can be creative about it yeah i love it <laughs> so we like that too i think it's a great name for for an agency and that's interesting that you that you actually attribute large revenue change from from that uh, probably that that's just a, co- a coincidence but uh i, I still believe that uh, you know a, a good name can can go a long way 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so now, so you, you've set up in New York and then moved to San Francisco. How's that been? And, and what's the biggest difference between having an agency in, in one or the other? Uh, well, I, I think uh, New York is is great if you have uh, connections. Like uh, if you live in New York for, for a long time, you meet people. It's all about uh, having uh, good connections and uh, referrals. Um, and the type of work that you do in New York, I think it's more related to, you know, uh, advertising or like marketing websites, that kind of stuff. So it's less about uh, the product design work uh, and the UX design and product design were, you know, the things we were excited about. So we didn't, you know, we didn't have a lot of clients who would, you know, understand the importance importance of that in New York. So, uh, and to be honest, like most of them were not very serious about creating a product. And it could be just because they all came from different backgrounds, or maybe it's just like a different mindset or something like that. In San Francisco, it's a little bit different because you essentially speak the same the same language with, with your clients. Like you know, all of them are, I mean, at least our clients are like in tech. So they have some tech background. So they like, they understand the, the product design process in detail. So it's a lot easier for us to even communicate with uh, the clients here. And uh, the, type of, the, the types of projects that we do, you know, are for like the most like popular brands or for the apps that, you know, everyone uh, uses in the world. So that's, the, that's uh, the most exciting part for us of just being in San Francisco. That's very cool. I'm, as you're talking about, I'm looking at some of your re- more recent work and I'm just sort of blown away by this, uh, the your logo for pumped uh, that was actually for a, a new york based clients a client oh that was new york okay this yeah 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 and well okay so but i'm wondering you know i'm looking at it and the, the motion um aspect of it is is incredible is that something that you as an agency have have gotten into as well uh, motion design yeah i think i think i can talk a little bit about that so basically one while we were kind of moving from you know 2D illustrations then to 3D adding another dimension, right? The next step for us was adding another dimension again, a dimension of time. So we kind of started to to do a lot of um, animations and things like that. Um, eventually, kind of building a new team. Right now, we have a dedicated team of people who only create uh, animations for the products and you know specifications for developers and things like that, because. Our final goal is not just a, a movie, right? But uh, a product, right? Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was like new, exciting thing for 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 the team to try. Oh, it's such a it seems like such a natural progression you know, when you look at it like that way. You know, where where you started, where you you rolled with the punches in terms of the aesthetics changing from Apple or and whatever, and 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 now you're where you are it's it's kind of amazing how resilient you've been uh you've sort of been been able to handle those changes with at the same time outputting that same level of high level of work so nice job thank you it's <laughs> very impressive it's really impressive and so now you you have a team you're in san francisco are, how many how many people are on the team then in california 
so uh, we have uh, about uh, 15 uh, designers now. You know, some of them are here, some of them are remote, some of them are still back in Russia. We also have like a team of developers uh, because like on, on a lot of projects uh, we do, people require development as well. And that's uh, especially true uh, here in the Bay Area because like developers are like, you can't, you know, you can't really find a developer. You know, they all work at like Facebooks and Googles and stuff. And for, for a small company, it's, 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 it's nearly impossible to, to find one so we do both so starting with design but oftentimes those those uh, projects uh, evolve to you know complete development so the, the, the team now is about um, uh, 30 people uh, kind of uh, spread uh, uh, like spread across the, the entire globe with uh, the headquarters being in, in San Francisco what, what do you think your your biggest uh, your best piece of advice for for folks that are starting agencies and or maybe contemplating moving from one country to another uh what, what, what would be like one thing that to, to help them out with uh well uh i think uh i'll answer it in two parts so if let's say uh the, the part about starting an agency first of all like you need to be ready uh for challenges and and those challenges could be completely different things uh oftentimes uh, uh, completely un unrelated to the design work. So you need to be able to uh, market yourself, you know, and that that is everything from like starting the, like your own website to, you know, being current on social networks and stuff from, you know, the organizational part, because like for us, when we just you know, moved to the U.S., we had a lot of struggles with uh, just, like, understanding the the legal system here and, you know, had a few issues with, uh, you know, employees and uh, that kind of stuff. So, you know, just uh, like with uh, starting any small business, uh, you know, you're going to wear a lot of hats at the same time and uh, um, you need to be very resilient and uh, kind of, uh, you know, stress-proof to, to be able to make it and um, I think it's it's about uh, also a, a constant uh, evolution. So just don't stop where you are, and you know, create a goal for yourself and try to achieve that goal. But you know, not forgetting the uh, the present and and, and, the, and the and the process because that's the the most uh, enjoyable part I think in any business. If you're moving from one country to uh, another country, uh, well, um, learn uh, the language because uh, uh, that's uh, the uh, the basis of uh, all communications, and you won't be uh, successful in your business unless you you can speak their language. So that's the main part. Oh, that makes that makes good sense. I, I have a lot to learn, then if I'm going to move anywhere, <laughs> I, need to, I need to learn quickly. Uh, Dimitri and Anton, thanks so much for, for being on the show today. I think your story is, is uh, pretty remarkable from where you started to where you are currently, and that's an inspiration. So thank you for all the, all the work you're sharing, and uh, we're going to keep watching, keep watching and keep following. So. Uh, th thanks a lot for having us again, and uh, uh, a little bit about uh, our plans. So uh, we were silent and dribble for I think about a year, but now we're we're picking up 
again and uh, back yeah yeah we're back and uh, you know we're gonna um i'm pretty sure we we're gonna be at the top again and uh, uh make the uh, the trending charts on dribble uh, <laughs> again with uh, some new stuff so what we're doing is uh two things uh, one we're gonna put out a lot of the the work that uh um we haven't showed yet uh, because of you know the ndas oftentimes you you can only show it when it's released or it's it's a complicated question for us plus we, we're just going to uh you know have fun and you know put together a few series of shots if you will so those will be uh concepts around uh, some uh, re real things but you know we're gonna produce them in, in the dribble format and and hopefully again uh, hopefully that could be uh, you know something new that uh, other people will pick up uh, and you're gonna hear from us uh, very shortly it's it's in the pro in, it's in the progress right now oh. uh, that's exciting I can't wait that's going to be fun. We're going to be we're going to be following. So it's Clay Global is your is your username on the dribble. Uh, it is, yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, oh, I can't wait. That's going to be super. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Thanks again to you both, and um, keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. This has been Overtime Dribble's official podcast. I'm Dan Cedarholm. And thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thanks again.